Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast Financial Services Edition. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Woodard. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Ah, you're welcome. Glad to be here. We are glad to have you. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started in the financial services industry? Well, it's something I've been interested in for a long time. And um, some years ago, uh, I became a client and started really investigating uh, financial planning and um, financial services. And one thing led to another. And uh, we moved to a new area about a year ago and um, a little over a year and a half ago. And I started taking it up as, a, as an avocation and a vocation. Awesome. So what did you do before you were in financial services? Oh, I've done quite a few things, but my main background, I have a degree in engineering and an MBA, and uh, I worked as a technical and business manager for a number of years with uh, large companies like Oracle. So quite a lot of background in IT. So it's a very interesting change to go from IT to financial services. Yep. what do you like? Uh, tell us a little bit about your financial services practice now. Where do you work? Who are you representing? Okay. Um, I work with um, individuals and businesses mostly across the southeastern part of the U.S., but uh, the company I'm with is licensed to do business throughout the 50 states. And our uh, main focus is really on protection and helping people find money that they may be losing unknowingly and unnecessarily uh, through taxes and fees. Um, So we're not investment advisors in a traditional sense. We're more about um, helping people be more efficient with their money. Uh, So I uh, work, I, what do I like about it? Uh, I get to help people. Okay, so let's dive in deeper a little bit to that. So you're talking about helping people be more efficient with their money can, without naming any names because obviously your client identities are confidential. Can you talk a little bit about like a, a recent example of Mr. and Mrs. Jones or Mr. Business Owner, what they, mm-hmm. how they found you, what they came to you for, and what problems you were able to help them solve? Okay, yeah, maybe a couple of examples. One of them is a couple 
with uh, three daughters, just uh, starting into university now. Um, in their 50s, uh, he makes pretty good money, and they've done a good job with their money. They've got IRAs. They've got uh, some uh, whole, whole, uh, whole life insurance. They also have some 529s for the kids, small ones. And um, believe it or not, quite a bit of money in a CD paying about 1%. So we look at that whole picture and it took some time because we build a full financial model with all of those uh, different types of um, assets in the model. And then we look at, like I say, how can we make that more efficient? What can we do? I mean, the obvious one is a, a lot of money and a 1% CD. Isn't there a better way? And I'm not trying to put that in uh, risky investments. We're looking at very safe investments for that. And, when we run the model, and it is just a model, but uh, we could see that within, uh, by the time they're in their 60s, their annual income, will it, using the, the techniques and the, the kind of recommendations that we have, when they're in their 60s, their annual income would be about $100,000 better if they just reposition the assets. So that's what we do. We reposition the assets and help people become, like I say, become more efficient and then end up with more money because they're not paying fees and taxes when they're older. That is incredible. So you talked about not paying fees and not paying taxes. What are some of the examples of things people are paying fees on that they might not even realize what they're paying? Oh, Seth, uh, IRAs and 401ks are notoriously uh, in not transparent. Uh, a lot of times people say, I'm only paying 1% or 2%. Well, even 1% or 2% over 30 years adds up a lot. But a lot of times what they don't realize is some of those fees are not even expressed. They're hidden. For example, there's, there's always a half a point, a, a half a percent fee for management of any 401k or IRA. So you might think you're paying 1.5%, but you're really paying 2%. That's just given. So a lot of fees in 401ks and uh, IRAs and John Bogle, who actually is a guru in the financial business who started Vanguard, he now has come out publicly saying that the fees are too high and that something must be done. Absolutely. He has obviously started Vanguard for, you know, very cheap index funds. Um, famous for that, written best-selling books on the topic as well, and built a multi-billion-dollar management company that is helping investors in that department. So that talks that that just the ease, the issue of fees a little bit, IRAs and four hundred one ks. What about taxes? Taxes probably one of the biggest expenses people pay. Aren't we just stuck paying whatever our accountant says? Well, not necessarily, because there are there are different kinds of asset classes that are more tax favored. So uh, let's go back to, I'm not here to beat up on 401ks and IRAs. Don't get me wrong, but they have their place. We say there's not a bad financial product. It's just how are you applying it and, and do you understand it? So, but let's go back to that anyway. Uh, any qualified plan, SDP, 401ks, uh, the problem with them is, you don't know what the tax is going to be when you take it out, right? The tax is deferred, and that's why people run into, jump into them, because they say, I don't, it's pre-tax money. Problem is you're going to pay tax on the other end when you take it out. 
Now you tell me what the tax rate's going to be in 10 years or 15 years. We don't know, do but I'm guessing it's going to be higher than it is right now. I think there's a pretty good chance. You know, <laughs> given, given that the country's $21 trillion in debt, uh, they're going to have to do something to kind of fill some of that gap, huh? Absolutely. So that's, that's one thing that we do. So we look at tax advantage uh, policies, uh, such as uh, we, we use whole life, um, whole life insurance policy because that's the best tax advantage policy you can get. We also look at annuities sometimes, uh, and we look at combination strategies where we might use a 401k with a whole life plan, or we might use an annuity with a whole life plan. Uh, we are specialists in looking specifically at these life strategies uh, to help people again with uh, fees and taxes. Hope that helps. Absolutely, very much. Let me ask you this. So we talked about fees, we talked about taxes a little bit. Why don't people know about this stuff? Oh, that's a great question. I think there's a couple of reasons. The first would be Wall Street doesn't want them to know. Um, they want to take that money and put it into stocks and, and bonds and, and manage it. They want to get as much money from you as they can and keep it as long as they can. So they don't make this quite as transparent and obvious maybe as we might hope they would. And the other reason probably is that it's a very different model. Um, if you look at most of the whole life and annuity type companies versus the uh, Wall Street companies, they're managed very differently. Uh, the whole life and annuity type companies are managed uh, for the shareholders. They are owned by the shareholders and they don't advertise nearly as much. So they don't have an advertising budget. So obviously they're not, you're not going to see the ad on Super Bowl. And therefore they're just, the word doesn't get out as much. That makes a lot of sense. And obviously by not spending that kind of money, they could obviously charge their consumers less. Correct. Exactly right. In fact, that goes back to the, to the discussion of fees. And a lot of times people say, oh, be careful about annuities and, and life insurance policies because the fees are real high. What people don't realize is that the fees are up, up front and then you don't pay, you pay very little fees over the time of the the policy and I've got numbers I can prove this with numbers if you think about that you pay you pay say you know a, a, you will pay and nobody will dispute that the first year you'll pay quite a bit of fees that that covers the advertising that the agent does that the company what little the company does and it pays for the cost of running the back office for these companies so then the second year and the third year and the fourth year the fees go down until they go down to one or two percent uh, maximum through the life of the policy. If you look at the, now that's, let's make sure we're clear on this. That's one or 2% of the upfront cost. Okay. So you put a hundred thousand in, you never pay on the outgoing, only what goes in. Contrast that with an IRA or 401k where the fee every year, maybe it is 2% or whatever that number is we talked about. It's on the asset value and that value hopefully is growing right so i often say would you rather pay the fee on the acorn or the oak tree 
And I would hope that most logical people would say they'd rather pay it on the oak tree. I mean, they'd rather pay it on the acorn, right? You better believe it. But most people don't realize this again, because, because the word isn't out there. And that's one reason we're doing things like this is to get the word out there more. So it sounds like a large part of your job is education in terms of teaching people that there are alternatives that are better for them. Yes. And I need to work with people who are willing to have an open mind and think outside the traditional box a little bit. Absolutely. What is the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, in general or in specific to finances? Uh, you know what? Let's do both. If you've got examples of both, we'll take them. Find a good woman and stay with her. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. What's your best financial? What's the best financial advice? Uh, save at least 10% of your gross, at least 10% of your gross income from the time you start working and just make that a habit. Okay. Um, great advice. Uh, but both on the personal and on the professional side, it sounds like you're really doing good work in terms of educating the public, helping them realize what's available that, you know, they've been perhaps brainwashed by, you know, Wall Street and those big companies that want all those fees for generations as to how they should do it. Um, you're working with families, you're working with business owners. Um, you're helping them identify hidden fees that they don't realize they're paying that they can save and reducing their taxes. What is it? Is there anything you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? Well, maybe on the business side, what I find with small businesses, small businesses run this country. People don't realize that some 90% of the employment in this country is with small businesses. And I mean, 50 employees or less. Uh, I find they're often underprotected, they're underinsured. Oftentimes, if that CEO who built that business into a $10 million business uh, gets injured or, or gets killed, he could jeopardize the whole business, which means he jeopardizes not only his family, but maybe 30, 40 other families. So it's important that small business owners have a hard look at, at just what they're doing to protect the important people that work for them. That is, uh, yeah, I didn't think of that. And you know what? I am probably guilty of that. Well, I fall into that category. So I greatly appreciate you bringing that up. You know what? I'm going to ask you a couple more questions because you've piqued my interest as well. So what are some of those things that those business owners are not thinking about or haven't done that they should be getting done to protect, protect all those people? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, we just had a good presentation and in my, and I'm not the expert, but in my company, we have people who are deep experts in these areas. But uh, a couple of ideas would be key man insurance. Uh, again, maybe there's, uh, in, I'll give you an example of my past. I, we, there were four partners and we carried key man insurance on all four of us. So because any one of us went out of the picture, that was gonna affect the whole business. So you, you really should cover for that loss to a small business. Um, another thing might be a buy-sell agreement where you, it, where you go ahead before, while you're in your 40s or young and healthy and growing the business, you still put together a contract for each partner, each, maybe there's two partners, each one does this for the other one. And that way, if something happens to one of them, the other one effectively can take over the business and the business continuity will come 
will continue. In other words, you have a, a hefty insurance policy so that obviously if there's, for example, two partners, if one goes away, that will affect the business dramatically in a small a small business like a couple million dollar business. So you put a nice insurance policy to get over that hurdle and maybe that remaining partner could go out and find another partner during that meantime, et cetera. So the business continues. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you talked about key man insurance. Um, what, give us one quick other strategy that a business owner could use to protect their business. Well, even small business owners, I find are often un, un, underinsured. So an example of a guy I'm working with has about a million dollar business. He doesn't have any, any insurance on himself. So that is a very simple example of just making sure that he's covered. So at least his family is covered, but he really should do more with the business as well. And this might even bring up something at taxes because now you talk about structuring. Uh, if you're set up as a, uh, just a partnership or an, or an op or individual, uh, you're getting taxed at a higher rate. So it's, it's fairly straightforward to set up an entity like an LLC. And then you have that entity protection, you have better tax uh, scenarios, and you're setting up the insurance policies as much cleaner. All right, that makes a lot of sense for our folks who are resonating with what you're, I know you're working on a book right now and we'll have you come back on the show to promote the book, to, to offer the book to our audience when the book comes out. But for now, where is the best place for our listeners to uh, learn more about you and the work that you're doing? Uh, www.incomeforlife.io, Income for Life. Incomeforlife.io, we will put that link in the show notes as well. Uh, Jeff, we greatly appreciate you being on the show and sharing your insight. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.